my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney. I am your host. How are you doing today? I hope that you're doing well as you listen to this episode. Today, we are talking about burnout because, again, a topic that I'm very passionate about, but especially burnout in the HR space, because I think that it's important for us to bring this topic to light for us to have this conversation in an open and a safe way. And here to have that conversation with me today is Charlie Gamber. Charlie, how are you doing? Good morning, Julie. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I really thank appreciate you for having it. me. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. So let's kick things off. Um, tell the audience, who is Charlie and how did you get here? What's your HR story? Sure. So I, I was one of those strange individuals who went into college wanting to be in HR and then graduated with a degree in HR and interned for two years during college and ended up in the HR field after that. Um, I spent 14 years working in human resources um, struggled a little bit with burnout, didn't really fully understand what it was that I was struggling with and ended up in, in my research of trying to figure it out, writing a book about HR burnout, mm-hmm. um, which was never really, it, it was never the, the point to sit down and write a book, but about halfway through it, I realized that I had a book there. So I, I had a little more work to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent 14 years doing human resources. I got all the way up to a chief of staff job title Mm-hmm. Um, hold a master's degree of human resources. I've got my senior professional in human resources. And today I, I offer benefits to human resources professionals. So peripheral to HR today. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So we're kind of existing in a similar space in terms of supporting our HR colleagues and making that pivot because really, we really do need it, right? I mean, did you ever ask that question, where is the HR for HR? I did. Um, It was actually, it was one of the things that I talked about as I was working on my book was that HR needs an HR department as well. Yes, we definitely do. And so let's talk a little bit about your book. What is your book called? And tell us what it's about. It's HR Burnout, Reigniting the Flame. It's available on Kindle, um, or you can purchase a hard copy online as well. Um, And the book is just about my story and my research that I did trying to understand what I was going through, which I I didn't realize at the time was burnout, but Mm -hmm. looking back was very clearly burnout. So it's just um, my thoughts on on how to deal with going through that experience and how people can avoid it in the future and how HR people in particular as the, the ones who own burnout within organizations can can help their organizations to prevent burnout from happening. 
Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope I will share in the comments so that people can see how they can access your book. And I hope that more people will purchase it and read it. But I want to talk a little bit about your burnout story, because I think very similar to, to mine, um, not recognizing that what you were initially experiencing was burnout. So what brought you to burnout? Um, so what, what caused my burnout? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never had very good luck in my HR positions. I wound up in mm-hmm. a lot of positions where HR in the company was really not appreciated. Um, I worked with a lot of managers who didn't necessarily appreciate what I was doing for them. Um, combative, hostile environments. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, in, in 14 years, there's lots of good things that happened too. There were lots of great employees that I worked with and great managers that I, I worked alongside. But mm-hmm. I, I, had a, I had a really rough go of it in HR. And I, I think certainly not things that are uncommon or unexpected in, in the HR realm, but also not things that are ideal. Um, so that's really what, what I believe caused my burnout in mm-hmm. HR. Mm-hmm. I, it's really good that you mentioned that, you know, without throughout your 14 year HR career, it wasn't all bad, but yeah. there were difficult moments, which would have brought you to that period, that moment of burnout. What were some of the signs that were happening for you in your burnout experience that you were ignoring initially? Well, the the first time that I really remember going, oh, no, there's something horribly wrong here. Um, I was sitting in in a group of HR professionals in a meeting. It was it wasn't a a local HR meeting. It was um, much smaller than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were probably 10 of us in the room. And I remember just looking around the room and going, I don't feel like I have anything in common with any of these people anymore. Um, And that was that was just a really strange feeling for me. Like Mm. I said, I mean, I, I intended to do HR my entire adult life. Like that was always the plan and the goal. And to look around a room of HR professionals who are doing the work that you'd always dreamed of doing and thinking, I don't belong here anymore Mm -hmm. was just, that was, that was really overwhelming. Um, But I, I would say other signs of it would be like towards the end, I was probably a little more irritable and easier to, to upset than usual, yeah. um, probably a little more emotional and sensitive than than I typically consider myself to be. Um, I, I think one thing that a lot of people aren't aware of is the, the neurological effects that burnout has on our brains too. And that causes us to be less good at making decisions. It causes us to be more emotional. Um, it causes us to, to have less control over our emotions. So I, I don't think a lot of people realize that those things happen as you experience burnout too. Yeah, so many signs and yet so self-aware of what's happening to us in that moment. And maybe a bit of denial too. Do you think that, that was something you experienced? Absolutely. And one of the things that I discovered as I was researching burnout is 
HR professionals, again, being, being those people within the organization who own burnout, they're the ones who are responsible for recognizing it and preventing it in others. And we can't admit that we're burnt out ourselves. If we admit that we're burnt out, then how are we supposed to help our organizations? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a bit of being a perfectionist and, and not being able to, to show your weaknesses and, and to be vulnerable and authentic. So, yeah. I, I totally agree with you because I think that sharing my own burnout story, um, one of those moments for me was like, you know, I can't, how do I admit that something isn't right with me when I'm the person that's supposed to be helping and supporting all of these employees? Like they rely on me. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I am human just like mm-hmm. them you know cut me I will bleed the same red blood so um what does that make me less than and then having that come to that realization that it doesn't make me less than that it makes it easier for people to come to me um Mm -hmm. they recognize that okay so you don't always have it all together here is my challenge um I found the openness that people come with when you admit your weaknesses um, makes it a lot easier for other people. But if we create this complex of being a constant stalwart, of being a savior, um, then it's going to make it harder for people to relate to us, to come to us, um, because, you know, how do we come to people who always have it all together? So it, it could have a, a double effect. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I think you're exactly right. I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head. As HR professionals, we feel like we have to give off this air of having everything all together. And when we show our weakness, when we show that we experience some of these same, same things as well, it makes us more relatable and it makes us more approachable. So I, I think you're right. I think we need to, to be more comfortable with sharing those parts of ourselves. Yes. So vulnerability doesn't mean that you're less than. Vulnerability doesn't mean that you don't have strength. It just means that you're more open to showing who you truly are and allowing people to enter that space so that they can feel psychologically safe to share their experiences and their stories too. Yes. Thank you so much, Charlie, for sharing your story, um, your experiences, and for being courageous enough to put those words into writing so that other people can benefit from them. What is your hope when people read your book that they'll take away? What are some of the key takeaways you want HR professionals to have from reading your book? For me, the biggest thing is just if, if I can help someone else to understand that and not go through it to the same extent that I have, then it was worth it. And it was never intended to be something that I make money off of. Um, I will probably, I will it, it will probably be a very long time before I recoup the amount of money that I put into both my time writing it and, and the additional work of not being someone who knew how to publish a book and having to get resources to, to be able to publish a book. So, um, but the, the biggest takeaways that I really want people to understand is 
what burnout looks like one because it's mm-hmm. it's impossible to recognize it in ourselves if we don't know what it's going to look like um two what what things cause burnout so that we can try to engineer those things out of our organizations mm-hmm. um i think one thing that is difficult to understand is hr professionals really have the keys to burnout within their organizations to some extent so knowing what causes those things and and helping to alleviate those things in our organization is is really critical. Um, And I I guess the the last thing would just be to to understand better how to to help our organizations, how to recognize it in others as well. I mean, we we have to start with ourselves first. So I I think that's really important, but then to, to also recognize it within our organizations and and see other places where we can help. And sometimes you don't have the ability to do things. I think people have this impression that, well, HR can make all of these decisions and they mm-hmm. have control of this and they can do this and they're in the CEO's office and they can just, it, as they choose to, they can just make all of these changes in our company. And in reality, that's that's not always the case. So just better understanding our role as HR professionals in burnout within our organizations. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting about the book is I published it during 2020, but it was all absolutely written and thought of before 2020. So there's actually no mention of pandemic in the book. And one thing I don't think people realize is we had a mental health crisis mm. in our workforces before the pandemic hit. Oh, yes. <laughs> so oh, let yes. that sink in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important to, you know, highlight that the HR profession, as you said, as the, the champions of holding on to HR, you know, not just HR burnout, but employee burnout stories and journeys and being able to guide them through that, that we've been doing this long before the pandemic, (laughs) long before the pandemic, but the pandemic has made our situation even more, um, more visible, more visible, I would Mm -hmm. say um, to us as HR professionals, because now we recognize that we're not alone. Now we Mm -hmm. recognize that there are more of us who are experiencing this. Now we recognize that we have a choice of how we own our burnout stories and our HR careers and our journeys and how we move things forward. Whereas previously, because there were so few of us being vocal about it, we felt alone. We felt stuck. We felt like we didn't have any sense of community, but now we know we do. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And of course, we we would never wish that the pandemic had happened, but there's certainly silver linings that can be taken away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pandemic did give us an opportunity to just reset and refocus in on on what's important. We all had to take a step back for a while and just reassess where we were really at in in our work worlds and and outside of our work worlds as well, but especially in our work worlds. Um, I also think it gave us an opportunity to really highlight mental health and in particular mental health in the workplace and what those conversations look like, what being completely open about that and erasing the stigma really looks like. I mean, when you think about 
the situations with Naomi Osaka, mm-hmm. um, Simone Biles, would those things have happened before the pandemic happened? Maybe they wouldn't have. It's true. Definitely pause for thought. And just as you mentioned Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, I actually was reading an article, a Forbes article yesterday that highlighted um, Selena Gomez. Um, who also shared her mental health story, but has now created a production, a company um, to help persons with mental health challenges. And she's focusing on building people's mental fitness through podcasting, through blogging, through other venues, um, creating apps to help support people's mental fitness. And the reason why they have chosen to reframe it as let's help you fix your, let's help you and support you in your mental fitness journey versus mental health journey or mental illness journey um, to help reframe the stigma that is existing in the mental health space. I thought that that was um, very interesting in my reading yesterday, that one new thing that I like to learn new each day. Um, But I thought that was interesting that she started this company with her mother um, and another lady who is a famous blogger um, to, to help people build their mental fitness. And so... I'm looking forward to see what she does with that as she helps um, not just famous people, but also, you know, or ordinary people. <laughs> the rest people. of us too. The rest of us too. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. yes. I, I hadn't heard that yet. Um, I know Selena Gomez is, is open about her struggles with mental health. Um, I actually watched a, a special Taylor Tomlinson's Look at You, mm-hmm. and she referenced Selena Gomez's um, struggle with with mental illness and that as well. So I think it's great that more celebrities are being open about it because it does give the rest of us license to talk about those things too. I also think it's a great point about focusing on the mental fitness, on on being well before something has gone horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you're already burned out, it's it's too late. And then you have to go through the path of recovery. Yes. Um, So to to catch it ahead of time and do something about it ahead of time, that's that's a really big deal. Yeah, that's very powerful. And I'm looking forward to continuing to follow her journey in this space because I feel like it's really um, going to be very impactful for people as well. So I want to ask you one last question and then we're going to move on to the the next set of questions, but relating to your book. um, I think all of us at some point in time in, in our HR careers have said, you know, if I could write a book about all the things that I've experienced, this is what it would look like. And I think a lot of us in the HR space shy away from writing books, especially personal books about things that we've experienced and sharing those stories because of the confidentiality of our roles and different things like that. But what advice would you give to any HR professional listening to this podcast today in terms of going about writing that book that they keep talking about? Um, we'll start with research because there's, there's a lot that goes into writing a book. Um, and I, I think if I'd been more aware of what I needed to know ahead of time, which, like I said earlier, 
I was never planning on writing a book, so I didn't know I had to do this research, but I would start with that. It's, it's a colossal undertaking. I mean, as, as you know, having written your own book as well, um, it's a really big deal. And to go through the publishing process, the writing and editing process, it's, it's a substantial amount of work. So just educating yourself about those things ahead of time as best as you can. Um, And I also, I, I will say like, the book that I would have written today would have looked much different than the book that I wrote in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, there were still certain things that I wasn't 100% comfortable with saying. Like in the book, I don't say that I experienced burnout myself. Um, I mean, I I think it's very easy to read through the lines that that's what I was going through, but I was not at a point where I was comfortable yet saying it. Mm -hmm. And part of that too was I I tell the story in the book about how the one of the CEOs at the company that I worked for there were co-CEOs there um he had discovered my website and he had sent it to me and he was a really great guy I mean he he had a, a great personality great style like it was it was a very fun easy conversation but we can definitely picture situations where someone's CEO finds out about them telling their personal story about what it's been like being in HR and that not going over well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think you have to be conscientious of that. I mean, we, we're HR professionals. We understand HIPAA. We understand privacy. We understand even even at those things that don't rise to a, this is a legal level, there's just certain things that you don't share that are other people's to share. And and we don't do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think understanding those things, but also taking that leap of faith at the same time and knowing that each of us has a story that's valuable to tell. Um, So I I think anyone that's looking to write a book, I, I would encourage it. It's been, it's been a really great experience for me personally. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Most people underestimate the power of process. They stick it in the back seat and forget about it until it's too late, but they shouldn't. Processes run the world, literally all of it. Stopped supermarkets, on-time trains, and safely landing planes are all made possible by systems of intricate interlinked processes. They are the secret sauce of every great company and HR teams are responsible for some of the most important processes of all. Onboarding employees, building teams, crafting culture. These vital systems are the lifeblood of every organization. That's why this episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show is brought to you by Process Street, the process platform of choice for HR teams around the world. Process Street is a no-code platform that lets you transform your most important HR processes into powerful workflows. Design beautiful employee onboarding experiences with extreme engagement that increase inclusion and reduce turnover. Sync tasks into Slack or Microsoft Teams, automate emails, handoffs, and so much more. Thousands of teams, large and small, trust Process Street to manage their most important people processes, like Salesforce, that use Process Street to onboard all the 3,000 Slack employees after the $27 billion acquisition. 
You can learn more and sign up for a free account at www.process.st. So let me ask you this. What are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think that our audience would appreciate? Sure. Um, so I am actually right now reading, gosh, I'm going to blank at it. I'm reading um, Fanatical Prospecting by Jed Blount. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that most HR people are going to find that particularly interesting, but from a recruiting perspective, there's definitely some lessons to be learned there. Okay. But outside of that, I did recently read... Um, it's, I believe it's Melissa Dorman's, mm-hmm. um, you can yes. talk about oh, mental yes. health at the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I read that recently. That's very good. Um, I think there's so many important lessons there and not just for HR people. I mean, for, for everyone. everyone who works in a workplace, yes. there's some great lessons there. Um, I'm not, not a huge listener. I don't, listen to a whole lot of podcasts, just like I'm a one-off, here's something that's really interesting to me, so I'm going to listen to this one. Mm-hmm. There are so many great podcasts out there, so it's hard to, to follow all of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually in between television shows right now, so I don't have a whole lot to offer there either. That's okay. What are you in between? <laughs> um, I, I, we, well, we finished watching True Blood, okay. which is, totally just a here's something to just take your mind off of other stuff yeah um but it was it was really interesting I mean there's there's they talk about how there's a lot of similarities in what it's like for vampires versus what it's like for the LGBTQ population um so thinking about it through that light of what it would be like to suddenly be out and be known in the world is is kind of an interesting thing. So we finished that up and we haven't started watching anything else in our, our house yet. So. <laughs> okay, understandable. Thank you for sharing that. What advice would you give to your younger self now entering the HR space? Um, it, was, it was interesting. We actually, we had this conversation yesterday. I wish that I'd known to be strategic and to really work on partnering and work on the relationships that I have with my managers. Mm -hmm. I think if I'd been more aware of that, more cognizant of that, and if I'd had, I mean, these are things that you build them with time. So there's no way to have them younger than you've built them. Um, But I think if I'd had those skills and abilities earlier on in my career that I would have been more accepted within organizations and felt like the work that I did was more impactful within organizations. Okay, so understanding the importance of being more strategic earlier on in your career. Yes, and and of how important it is to understand the business and to, to really understand where what challenges managers are facing and how I can help support them yeah. um, like I said I, I think I think if I had approached it more from that standpoint rather than approaching HR from a compliance and this is the right thing to do mm-hmm. and that these are the policies and procedures that we have to follow and I'm not saying that compliance isn't important but I think understanding the business objectives and and how to best meet those is also crucial. Yeah. And obviously understanding the business objectives and where your leaders are coming from helps you to create a better people strategy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a lesson learned for both of us <laughs> very early in our careers. Yeah. So the big question, what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you, Charlie, that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Um, well, and I, I talked about this earlier, so I, I'm going to go back to it again, but uh-huh. HR are people too. Yeah. And people have this image of HR professionals as, as being the principal's office or being the enforcers in the organization. Mm-hmm. And they have some responsibilities in those areas, but that's not the only thing that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also employees. And, and I think that's something that HR people need to remember about themselves too. They are employees and their wants and desires and needs and their thoughts about their own compensation and benefits and work rules are all important as well. Oh, yes. I love this. I absolutely agree with you 100% because I think a lot of times we forget that. And one of my friends, um, Dr. Alessandra Polizzi, she made a t-shirt um, as a reminder that says HR people are people too. And she actually has like HR and then she has a person R and then a per- person and then like the number two. So like HR people are people too. And I think, I love it. yeah. And I think it's so important for us to remember that uh, we are people, we are also employees. So mm-hmm. when it comes to all of those amazing benefits packages that we create, the processes that we create, those are things that we create for employees to in, have a better experience with the organization. But those are things that we created so that we could have a better experience with the organization too. And I think a lot of times we forget that. So thank you so much for that reminder. Absolutely. <laughs> so with that being said, Charlie, you have survived your time in the sound booth today. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Once again, I wish you every success on your journey and with the creation of your book. Um, I hope that you and your story are told in many other spaces and that you get great opportunities going forward. Thank you, Julie. I wish the same for you as well. The work that you're doing is so important and so valuable. And I'm I'm sure HR professionals everywhere are appreciative of everything that you do for us. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.